0: Time to remember. We're going to read three passages of Scripture this morning that remind us that the Bible is well aware of memorials and has used different things to remind us of the things spiritually we need to know. First, if you'll stand with me if you can, in Exodus chapter 12 verses 12 through 14, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both people and animals. I will bring judgments on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be the sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For all the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. In Joshua, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, we read these words. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from Israel, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Then in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 27, we read these words from the Apostle. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So then, Whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord is in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and and recognize that this is a holiday weekend, but this is a holy weekend always. It is your weekend. Every day is your day. But we celebrate on this day, the Lord's Day, a remembrance of what you did for us, And how throughout the Bible, you used memorials to remind us of your sacrifice and what you have done for us. It is time for us to set aside today to remind us biblically why we take a time to remember. It is, yes, for our country a time of remembrance. But each Sunday is a time of remembrance for a Christian to say thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice and what it has done for us. We pray in your holy name, amen. You may be seated. I think many churches ignore Memorial Day because it's not one of the holy days on the calendar. Uh, It's not a day where you would look at it and say it has some religious significance. I remember growing up in my family, uh, my family came from the south, and so Memorial Day was not called Memorial Day. It was called Decoration Day. Uh, that was what we called it growing up. I didn't know about Memorial Day till I started going to school and people started talking about a holiday. In our house, it was Decoration Day. And you went to, in Mississippi, you went to Crossroads Baptist Church and you went out to the cemetery and you decorated the graves of all the family members that are buried there. And so that's where my grandparents are and that's where great-grandparents are and that's where great-great-grandparents are. And so they are there in that little cemetery in that place called Crossroads Mississippi decoration day a memorial day a day to remember i believe it's a good thing for us to consider what a memorial day really represents for us spiritually because it calls us to do what the bible says which is to remember i'm sure you recognize taps when we played it a minute ago and and tomorrow maybe on the news if you watch any TV tomorrow, no doubt, you will see this replayed somewhere. Somebody will show a, a soldier playing Taps at some cemetery somewhere, or maybe at one of the monuments that you saw here earlier. The origin nation of Taps begins back at the Civil War in 1862. Union Army General Daniel Butterfield and his brigade were camped outside Harrison's Landing in Virginia following what was called the Seven-Day Battle of Richmond. At that time, there was a standard method of, of bedding down. It was called lights out. To the encamp troops, at the end of the day, a bugle would call and followed by three loud taps on a drum. You wonder where taps came from? There you go. That's where it came from. General Butterfield was dissatisfied and thinking that the last sound that these men heard should be more soothing than bang, bang, bang on a drum. And so he rewrote the bugle call, and he eliminated the sound of the drum. And after the brigade bugler had played it for the men, buglers from around the country began to take that and use it for themselves. It even caught on with the Confederates. The Union Army started it, but the Confederates, they could hear it across the way, and it was such a soothing sound at the end of the day, they incorporated it. In July, while they were still camped at Harrison's Landing, a corporal, Captain John Tidball, uh, who was an artillery man, died of his wounds. Captain Tidball wanted to bury him with full military honors, including a traditional firing of three volleys over the grave itself. But he was refused permission because the Confederates might mistake the volley rounds for a re-upping of the battle in that evening. Later they wrote, so he thought and suggested to me, why don't you play the sound of taps instead? And that's what they did. So the idea was taken up by others and in a short time it was adopted by the entire army. And now taps is used at the most appropriate time, the burial of a soldier and a going home of someone in a military sense. So it's part of a military funeral. I always wondered where taps came from. It didn't make any sense to me until I read that story and I thought, how appropriate, you know, not the sounds of war, but the sounds of laying down war. Isn't that what Jesus did for us when he fought the battle? There's no need for us to fight anymore. He has laid himself down for us. You look throughout the Bible, and tomorrow, Memorial Day, I don't know what comes to mind. Maybe it's the backyard, maybe it's get togethers, maybe it's hamburgers. In many churches, on Memorial Day, I think it's just simply overlooked. But as was said earlier, at the end of World War I, it became a national holiday dedicated to remembering those who had given their ultimate for the protection of this country. But people are forgetful, aren't they? I think we often need to jog our memories, and the Bible we find that God has given us some reminders too. Let me give you a couple before I really talk about the three big ones that I want to talk about that we read the verses from. One of them you might remember was after God destroyed the earth when the flood. You remember Noah. And God said, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth, Genesis 9, 11. And God said, I've set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of covenant between me and the earth. So every time you see a rainbow, it serves as a reminder of God's promise. It may have been usurped by this country to mean something else, but when you see a rainbow, it means God made a promise to you, to mankind. I think another thing that you see is when Joshua led his people across the River Jordan in the, the Promised Land. The Jordan River just stopped flowing. And the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant and stepped into the riverbank in the water. When the priest stood in the middle of the river until everyone had crossed safely on the other side. When they were crossing, as you heard the passage of Scripture before, 12 men were chosen to take a rock out of that And build a monument, a reminder, a memorial. So, as it said, in the future when you see this, you will remember why the water was cut off and that the Ark of the Covenant went across. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, he said. I think there are some special days and times the Bible specifically designed for us to remember. God used those times to remind us something spiritually and I want to call attention to three of those today uh, as we think about our time together. You probably know these stories but listen again and see how God uses those to remind us of some spiritual things. Number one the festival of Passover. We read the passage of scripture. the, the, The first one Uh, this festival of Passover we look at today. The people of Israel had sojourned and they had become slaves. They had been in Egypt for 400 years. And then God said, I want you to go back to Egypt and say to Pharaoh, what? Let my people go. Moses did what he was commanded, even though he argued with God about it in a number of ways and put it off for a few years because of the way he thought he should do it. But he finally went to Pharaoh and said, listen. But Pharaoh refused to listen. You know the story. So to reinforce his demand, God sent a plague and another plague and another plague upon Egypt. And every time when the plague stopped, Pharaoh would say, stop the plague. I'll let the people go. But you remember that after each plague happened, he reneged on his promise and slavery continued. Finally, Moses... Said, this is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there ever has been or ever will be again. You think of that story, and you see that God instituted and instructed the Israelites to do something. Each family, he said, is to choose a year-old lamb and one without spot or blemish. And it's going to be the best of the flock. I always remind myself I want to give the best to God, right? I don't want to give God second best. I'm going to give him the best that I have. You know, one thing that we may have forgotten is that we're supposed to offer our best to God. I think this reminds us to do that. To take the very best that we have of our time, of our talents, uh, of our commitment to even the people around us and offer the best to God. God gets leftovers in our country today, I'm afraid. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have first-overs. <laughs> I'd rather have the first offering rather than a second offering. I think, sadly, we tend to keep the best for ourselves and to give God leftovers. Yet the biblical principle has always been that God deserves our best. And if we love him, we'll give him our best, won't we? If we, if we really love him, so they were told to kill the lamb and dip the, the blood in hyssop and to put it on top on the lintels of the door frame as a warning that this house has been protected. The blood will be a sign for you, the Bible says, where you are, and I will pass over you, why we call it Passover. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike out for Egypt. So someone in every Jewish home did that. I remember a number of years ago in the University of Tulsa, we had a rabbi do a Seder service for us, and we went, I went, I was, it was funny, if you're the youngest one in the family, you have to go through the house during the Passover service, and they they hide a piece of leavened bread somewhere in the house. So they get rid of all the leavened bread, but they'll take one piece of leavened bread, and they'll hide it, it's sort of like an Easter egg hunt, you know? <laughs> for jews (laughs) and so they put it around the house and and i was the youngest at the seder i mean i'm at the university so, so i have to go around this room and try to find where they hid the piece of bread and throw it out because there was no unleavened bread at this this event but it was a reminder it commemorates something and he said in the bible it commemorates for all generations to come a reminder of us to give our best to god over 3,500 years have gone by and every faithful Jew still celebrates and still remembers the Passover it's an important event they have not forgot it and neither should we it is a foreshadowing of what Jesus has done for us and because he has done that for us we should give our best to him second a day of worship now a second memorial I want to mention is this day the day of worship The day you and I come and give our best to the Lord in this worship service. It all started when God created the heavens and the earth. And and it says in the Bible, on the seventh day, what? The Lord rested. He put aside all of his work and God blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Ten Commandments told the Jews that they would remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and rest on that day. If under God's old Jewish covenant, the seventh day of the week was to be kept holy, why do we Christians keep living under that? We live under a new covenant. We celebrate the Lord's day, but it's a day of rest for us. It's a day of reminding us what Jesus did for us. It's that holy day for us. The Jews had the Sabbath. We have the Lord's day, and it is that day that we set aside and keep it holy. the first day of the week, it's special to us because Jesus arose from the dead on that day. It's his resurrection that reminds us of that day. It's the the appearances, the six different appearances in the New Testament after he was resurrected that remind us on this day that he is not buried somewhere. We cannot go to a tomb. We cannot play taps at Jesus' grave. He is alive. And so we celebrate that day. Should go back to the New Testament, after 50 days Jesus had ascended back into heaven, we have the day of Pentecost, the first day of the week. The Holy Spirit came and the apostles, as Jesus had told them, were promised. Peter preached and he told about the gospel. You remember, we studied Acts. Over 3,000 people came to know the Lord that day. What an amazing thing. What an unbelievable thing happened that day on the day of Pentecost. And that's where the church was started after those 3,000 people were baptized. Remember, I told you there was a giant pool, almost like you think of that reflecting pool in, in Washington, D.C. It was gigantic. There were football field-sized places for them to be. And there in the center was this pool, and, and that's where we believe that they were baptized. He says, well, here's water. Let's baptize them. and believe that's what they did. You look at the book of Revelation and John spoke of this day as the Lord's day. And so we set aside this day and it's for those to gather to worship the Lord and give him honor and praise and glory on this day. I pray that we'll always recognize that wherever we are, whenever we come together, that this is a holy day. It is a righteous day and it is that our holy and righteous God did something for us. He died for us. And he rose again for us. And we celebrate the Lord's day because of what the Lord did for us. Never forget that. So we rededicate ourselves once a week. If no other day, I hope that you take this day to remember what the Lord has done for you. We should do it every day. We should thank the Lord every day. But at least on this day, we should say, this is the Lord's day and this is why. Three a meal of remembrance we talk about the lord's day but let's back up to that day that we call the lord's supper a meal of remembrance you know the story it was the night before the crucifixion jesus was sitting with the disciples he was there in that upper room and they were doing what celebrating that passover meal that's what it was they had set it aside Many people tell us that at that Passover supper there is a cup that is not filled. It's the cup for the Lord so that when he comes that cup would be used. Many Christians feel that it's that cup that Jesus used to institute the Lord's Supper. That it was that cup that was taken and Jesus filled and he handed that around to the disciples. It was that day in which he instituted what we call the Lord's Supper. It was an evening to remember an evening to set aside and, and to think about what had happened. So Jesus took the bread. It's why we use unleavened bread. is because that's what Jesus would have used at the Passover Seder. Uh, but he took that bread and he broke it. And he handed it around. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so he handed the cup out as well. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Do it in remembrance of me. It was fulfillment, I believe, of prophecy that had been given years before. In Jeremiah 31, we read these words. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. What he did for you, what he did for me, what Jesus was memorializing at that Lord's Supper was the reminder of this prophecy that he forgave our wickedness when he died on the cross and he wrote his law not around us to see but in us. Jesus is now what? Christ in me. In my heart. Written on my heart. I look at that and I remind myself that there are some things that I need to remember. When you look at the, the Passover dinner, there's some ingredients that we need a reminder. There's the bread, there's the cup. Uh, I, I remember that when we were at the Seder, they had uh, lettuce or some bitter thing to eat, uh, you know, radishes or something like that to remind themselves of the bitterness that was involved in that. I think we need to remind ourselves of the bitterness of our sin. And the great thing that Jesus did for us when he forgave us. Paul said, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So when you and I partake of the Lord's Supper, as we did just a few weeks ago, it, it, it's a cup of thanksgiving. It's a cup of remembrance. It's not his body. It's not his blood. It's a memorial. It's a remembrance. Of what he did for us. In ten, in First Corinthians ten, it says, "Because there is one loaf, we who are many, one body, and we are partakers of that one loaf." So many people translate that instead of uh, how it is translated in First Corinthians in English. We've we've traveled that same road together of discovering that we were sinners that we needed a savior. And that savior was only one person, Jesus. Can I save myself? No. Can you save yourself? No. Who can save you? Only Jesus. Who can mediate between you and God? Only Jesus. Whose sacrifice was good enough? Only Jesus. And so I memorialize, I remember that. I think we have a lot to remember. A lot to be thankful for there are things we cannot forget. I cannot forget the price that Jesus paid. I cannot forget that. I cannot forget the price that someone in my country paid for my freedom to stand here and to preach to you today. I will not forget that. We will remember. That's why we do something like that in this worship service, to remind ourselves of the freedom that we have and who gave us that freedom your relatives and some of you yourselves who gave willingly your time and your life to fight for this country. I enjoy that freedom and so do you. I think we should thank people because of that. The story is told of a young successful executive. His name was Josh. He was in a Chicago neighborhood and he he had this nice, sleek, black, jack wire, X-K-E brand new car he only had it for a couple of months you know and you know how people are about new cars and how you kind of protect them you park them away from everybody else's car maybe you cover them up you're that kind of person that covers up a car um uh you you hide it and make sure no one dents your car he was watching carefully for kids who were parking or darting in and out of, of parking uh when all of a sudden he heard a thump What in the world was that? And so he stopped his car and got out and began to look. And there on the shiny side passenger door of his Jaguar was now a scratch. And laying on the ground was a brick. Well, you can imagine the the furor the anger that he had because someone had damaged his new car. And so he sees a little child, and and, and he runs to him. He recognizes this is the one that has thrown the brick. Why did you throw that? Why did you throw that brick at my car? The little boy is crying, and you think maybe he's upset because he's been caught. But here's what he says. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know what else to do. I threw the brick because no one would stop tears were this time dripping down his face it's my brother mister he rolled off down the curb in that ditch he's in a wheelchair and I can't lift him up sobbing the boy pleaded would you help me please get him back up he's too heavy and he's hurt and I can't do it myself at that point move beyond words Josh did what the boy asked and went down to the ditch and picked up the person who could not pick themselves up, put them back in a wheelchair, cared for them, saw that they were going to be okay, uh, did what he needed to do to help them, like the Good Samaritan did that we talked about recently. Josh, when it came time to fix his car, looked at that scratch and decided not to fix it. He said, I want that dent to remind me to not to go through life so fast that it takes someone throwing a brick to get my attention. If you're here today without Jesus, don't wait for a brick to be thrown into your life. Remember what he has done for you and accept him He will be for you what you need and you will remember and be thankful forever. A time to remember. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and thank you for what you have done for us. We look at these events in the Old Testament. We we look at those things that make us remember, how we're told to remember. The word is front and center of our experience we don't merely get saved and go off and do our own thing we are reminded daily to die to ourselves and live for Christ help us on this memorial day to be grateful for those who have laid down their lives for those in our country but first and foremost to be thankful that Jesus laid down his life no one took it he laid it down willingly So help us to remember today to be grateful and to be thankful in this day of remembrance. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation to give you a chance to maybe respond. Maybe you would kneel and pray. Thank God for what has happened in your life. Maybe you need to talk about something and you would visit with me if you have questions. But during this invitation, we invite you to come. What number will we be singing? Page 276. As we stand and sing, you come. Thank you. If you'd be seated for just a second. Joel, did you want to make an announcement? Okay. Joel, just a second, or whoever.